make sure you are 100% passionate about what you're doing to help drive that business forward. Follow your gut. There are things that are difficult coming into a new business where I didn't have any experience or connections or information at all. I was starting from scratch. It's like starting 20 new jobs all at the same time where you have to figure things out from scratch all by yourself. Benefit to that is that I didn't have anything telling me this is the way it had to be done so I could do it my own way. I could do it differently and I was able to follow my gut. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And sitting across from me is my very saucy co-host. And I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are talking off the clock with Miss Tasha Pennington. She's founder and CEO of Real Fat Foods, and I'm obsessed. We are literally so... Feed me. These are the most delicious snacks that we have implemented daily here we on the Selfie Show. down here at the Mexican household. They're so good. We can't wait to get into this with you guys today. Okay, so... First things first, thank you so much for all your rates and reviews. Make sure you head down to click those five stars, you guys. We appreciate it so much. We've been seeing some really awesome reviews, and we're so grateful for you. Yeah, thank you, you guys. We really appreciate it. And also, update on Bali. Okay, there's like two early bird prices left. Yeah, I think we're almost sold out. Yeah, so. I cannot believe how fast these are going. Oh, my goodness. And there's only like, there's not even that many spots then left after that so if you're considering it don't hesitate because it's going we are so excited it is gonna be a blast not to mention how reasonably priced this yes. the, it is to be honest so we're very excited you Couple guys overtimes call it a day come vacation with us okay so we are really excited about this we decided to change up another part of the section or the segment for the beginning so keep things fresh we're gonna do favorite thing of the week or hot tip of the week from both of us instead of married girl single girl we're gonna change it up we're gonna get spicy we're gonna make it fun what what's your favorite favorite part of this week favorite thing going on um so i want to talk about this this one is a netflix recommendation because i'm a netflix I consider myself a Netflix hoe. So this one is, it's called Halston. Don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's the hottest new thing on Netflix. It's basically about this iconic American fashion designer and how he skyrockets to fame before his life really starts to spin out of control. I'm so here for it. It's so good. It's set in the 70s, I believe. And Halston was really good friends. This is also based on a true story with Liza Minnelli. She's an absolute queen. Oh, love her. How many times was she married? Oh, several. And they go through that. And you get to see this story with them. And I just love the fashion. I love his design. I was just obsessed. I'm like, I wish if he was still around, I would definitely buy some of his pieces. They were just fabulous. And he was over the top. But anyway... Highly recommend Halston. Go watch it, you guys, on Netflix. So for me, I've had a, I had a rough week last week. I was kind of a disaster. I had to call out of work for various reasons, and it was just a lot going on. Honestly, I think if I ever write an autobiography, it's going to be called – actually, I don't want to tell you guys. Someone's going to steal my name. But I would call it, <laughs> I spilled my coffee, and that's why I'm late. 
an autobiography by Samantha Manistero. Love that. Because literally disaster zone. So I feel like I didn't have a very much going on in my life other than the personal life stuff that was consuming me. But yesterday I finally got to work out Sunday fun day. And then I made a little like funny TikTok after it. So this has like been the only like funny thing that's happened to me all week or like interesting thing to even share. And so I made it of my coach and her girlfriend. They sent me this sound where it's like a Gandalf voice saying. Wait, can you play it? I could play it. Yeah. It's It's really hilarious. It's really funny. Oh, wait. Okay, let's try it again. Here's the TikTok sound. My God. These bitches gay. Good for them. Good for them. them. (laughs) It's such a mood. So the funny thing was is I didn't even know this was in the background of my video. I have to record all my lifts for my coach. And it was doing one of my warm-ups. So it wasn't even like a big deal that I was recording it. And they're in the background and they like one of them had just walked in and they totally grab each other and kiss. And then one of them kisses the other one on a forehead and it lined up perfectly within the sound to be like, they're gay. Good for you (laughs) as they're like kissing on the forehead. And it's so cute. And so I made that like as a joke and sent it to them, posted it on TikTok, wake up in the morning and I'm like, holy fuck, it went viral, but not and I hashtagged it like LGTBQ, like lesbians of TikTok, because that was the point of the video was like yeah. the funny sound and these like, <laughs> I'm trying to work out and they're just like in love in the background, like total Bambi Twitter pated moment, like so in love. <laughs> so yeah, I have all the people, you know, trying to correct my form. powerlifting form because they're, you know, internet experts. And then no one gives a shit about the lesbians <laughs> in the background. These comments are literally just like dump truck. They're just literally about my butt. And I'm on and the... And they, they're commenting as if you, they don't... You're not in it or you didn't yes. post it. Like, so. I posted it and I'm not the person in the video. Can I also say this? So, in the video, Sam is wearing these hot pink spandex. Just fabulous. Yeah. So, it's like smack dab in the middle. You just see her bench pressing with these pink spandex on. So it's kind of hard to miss you. Okay. It's very much like, hello. Well, the best comment was someone literally said, okay, so do you all see them yams? (laughs) And then all these people are replying, the comments truck, hashtag the meats. (laughs) It's like, Oh my god! I think the comments are the best. It's so much fun. I just but was not a- expecting that. I'm like, literally, the video was about them. And this, it's just weird how things go viral. All right. um, Unpopular opinion. This is becoming the fave. So many people are loving this. I know. This I is so fun. I think it's because you get spicy. Yeah. And everyone's not used to that side of you. <laughs> What are you spicy about this week? Yes. That's okay. Popular. I really feel like I am the anti-FOMO like number one person i love not getting invited to things dude okay here's the thing about weddings have you ever seen where people are like offended if they're not asked to be like a bridesmaid or something yeah oh, i will never be mad if you don't ask me to be in your wedding 100 percent. if you don't ask me to spend all this money on a dress that i hate yeah. and have to show up and do my hair and makeup and take pictures and do all this stuff i consider you a really good friend <laughs> I mean, I was guilty of that. However, I just love not getting invited or just, 
Yeah, I don't I feel like I'm the anti FOMO. Jacob is number one FOMO king. He's like he wants to do fun. I know. He He wants to do all the things. He loves people. Here's why I'm like also not FOMO. Like if you don't invite me, why do I I don't want to hang out with you if you don't want (laughs) to hang out with me. If you don't want to invite me, one, you're lost. Two, then I don't want to be there. Yeah. Bitch, I, sh- I am not anyone's plan B. Let's recognize <laughs> that first off. You're not the pill. You're not that, no. that dose, that, uh, that little dose the next day. Um, I just really love not being, I you know, I'm a homebody. At the core of who I am, I never really re- realized about this about myself until recently. God, I'm a homebody. Don't ever be worried about canceling on plans for me. Mm. I will fucking love yeah, you. Yeah. You know if what? you have to cancel our plans, I'm secretly like, yes. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't want someone there that doesn't want to be there anyway. So I don't think we ever get a minute to ourselves ever either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a rare treasure. But if I had plans with someone and they're like, oh, sorry, something came up. I'm like, no worries. And inside totally I'm like, fine. oh, my God, yes, I'm crawling back in bed right now. Yeah, I love that for us. Love that for mm. us. OK, you guys, get ready for the guest of this week. Today, we are getting behind the mic with Tasha Pennington, founder and CEO of Real Fat Foods. It's a women owned business and they create these healthy AF sweet and savory snacks. And they are bomb. Yes. It includes like breads, crackers, these cookie dough bites that look delish. Little bombs of fabulousness. Yeah. So um, they had sent some product over and Jacob and I tried it. When Sam came over, I was just like, you have to try these. This was so good. I did not try them. I annihilated them. (laughs) I took down the whole bag of the rosemary crackers. Obsessed. Yeah, you guys, we are talking clean ingredients, keto, gluten-free, grain-free, low-carb, paleo. Not to mention this, you guys, they were on the shelves at the supermarket within three months of launching the company, which is, by the way, unheard of within the retail space. And we're talking convenience, having access to alternatives for your snacks and staples. This is just lowering the barriers of maintaining that healthy lifestyle with a guilt-free indulgence. We are so excited to get into it today with Tasha. So without further ado, let's dive into the show. Um, so Sam and I found you on Instagram a while back, right? We, yes. This was... And Tori... Well, and Tori had the crackers at her house and she was like, hey, try this. And then I ate the whole bag. <laughs> Facts, facts. So, um, and so we connected, and you send us all this amazing food, and I was like, "This is such a perfect fit for us because we're so big here on this podcast about wellness and you know innovation and all these amazing things going on." So, for people who don't know you and your background, let's let's hear a little bit about your story, uh, how you grew up, like where all this started. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well. First, thanks for having me on. I just love you guys. Um, I love everything you talk about. It's just so real and honest and open. And I just feel so blessed to be on the podcast. Well, we're excited. We're to excited have to have you here. Yes. So I mean, I guess like a lot of entrepreneurs who find their passion a little bit later in life, my path is definitely not a straight line. So my background is my career background is in organizational psychology. And I actually had worked in management consultant 
consulting for years and years. Um, and I loved it. I thought that's the way I wanted to go. I was getting my master's in it. Um, and then we had kind of a couple big life transitions happening simultaneously. And it, it just allowed me to kind of take a step back and I guess, find my passion and just decipher which way I wanted my career to go. So my husband and I were living in Dubai. Oh, this was what brought you out there? Ago? Yeah, he did. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> no, actually, I was I was living in Hong Kong. Um, I just kind of just working and having fun and living a single life. And then um, I met my husband, and he was living in Dubai, and he had like a real serious job. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll move to Dubai to be with you. And so I'm just kind of bumming around and having a good time. And uh, life goals, yeah, totally. my life three goals. years, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jacob, we need to move to Dubai right now, yeah, somewhere fun. It's a great life, so <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, I mean, I loved it there, it was a great place to live. Um, but we were moving back to the states because we had a son, so that's the other big life transition is that. Um, I got pregnant and so we kind of made the decision. We wanted to be back here closer to my family, um, and have some support for me. So it was just like the perfect storm. I stepped away from my work in management consulting and, you know, I was pregnant. And so it just kind of gave me the freedom to realize what I really cared about. And it was, it was health and nutrition and how, it, it kind of came from my firsthand experience of the connection between what we eat and how we feel. Um, I mean, I think like many mothers, as soon as I realized I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I got to really take this, this healthy nutrition stuff seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows we're not right now. <laughs> I had a donut for breakfast. Yeah. Thanks to Tori. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not just eating for one. And even, you know, once my son was born, it was more about in the past, I guess it had been more about like weight loss and I would go on diets and things like that. And then as soon as I got pregnant, it was more about health and wellness and making sure that I felt good and I maintained my health so I could be around to take care of them and to raise them and to have the energy to do so. So, um, that that's really where the kind of like transition started. And then it was just a journey from there. And it's still a journey. Everything I read, um, every time I learn something new, I kind of adapt and alter what I'm doing and uh, try to feel my body in the best way so that I have the energy and longevity to manage this crazy business and be a mom and all that stuff. Yeah, you're doing so much. Okay, because I want to go very specific into this because what you've done is absolutely astounding. You you launched this you launched this product, and then within three months of launching, you were literally on retail shelves. But like that doesn't just happen. Like this is it no. really this is <laughs> yeah. just baffling my mind. But I want to go back to like the cooking part, like the recipes and the baking. Like, can you go back to that and tap into how'd that the, even start? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I had always baked with my mom. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a wave that we really connected. So we spent so much time in the kitchen and baking together and making cakes and cookies and all that fun stuff. And it brings a lot of um, joyful memories for me. Uh, but as, 
you know, as I was transitioning to being a mother myself and really focusing more on my health journey and making sure that I got my kids started off right, I wanted them to not have some of the health struggles that I had in the past. I wanted them to really be started on the right foot. I just realized that I needed to figure out how to do things differently. So we could still bake and we could still have delicious treats, but they would be still fueling our bodies and not mm, detracting from our health, I guess is the best way to say it. Have all the goodies and then some, and then, but make it good. Literally have your cake and eat it too. Right. (laughs) So when did you actually first start coming up with the recipes behind your company? I think it started in Oh, like May of 2018, I really started focusing more on, um, we cut out all the processed flours, all the processed sugars. Um, I was really, I I would say more paleo at that point in time. And for me, it's all about the ingredients, the ingredients and the, what we put into our body is the foundation of everything. So then it was, it was starting at that point. I had all my healthy ingredients and then I was like, okay, well now what am I going to make with this and how am I going to, how am I going to do it? I just started experimenting and I mean, I can't even tell you how many recipes went in the trash. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> it's got to be overwhelming. You're in the kitchen for so long and trying to make something that you could potentially mass produce. Like, how do you even do that? So I had just started playing with different recipes and a lot of it was friends saying, Hey, can you try this? Can you try that? It was things I was interested in. And then, um, it started to kind of just hone it in and I would drop off goodies to all my friends and family and see what they liked and what they didn't. Um, and then we kind of just settled on this line of bread, crackers and cookie doughs that we've continued. We had a few other products along the way, but, um, it really just started with that. And at that point in time, I hadn't thought about scalability because I didn't have, I don't have a background in this industry. This was all just a, like I said, a passion project for me. Um, so I didn't think about that until later as we started to grow. And I think that was probably my biggest learning curve is um, not everything that works on a very small scale works for an industrial scale. So we've really had to hone the recipes even more. And unfortunately, we've had to, you know, stop producing some products that we really loved and that our customers really loved, but I just knew it was not scalable. Um, So that was a big learning hurdle for me. Can we go back to um, even maybe the beginning of your name, Real Fat Foods? I think it's so creative. I love it. I think it's fabulous. How did you come up with this name? Thank you. Well, you know what? This was something I spent so long on. (laughs) I probably spent, of all things, I probably spent four or five months on the name because I wanted it to be something that was memorable. I wanted it to tie into the health and nutrition that we were really, was the foundation of the business. Um, But we're also, I didn't want to be a stuffy corporation. I wanted it to be something that was fun and different and lively. and, And I'm I'm a child of the eighties and nineties. So at that point in time, fat meant like cool, (laughs) (laughs) pretty hot and tempting. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, real comes from that we're real ingredients. Um, 
and then fat we're we're pretty pretty cool and <laughs> foods obviously we're looking at your um your cookie dough right now it looks ridiculously good i want this oh. in my mouth is it the, the chocolate chip ones yes we're looking at oh it. my gosh and we have we have some serious treats coming up Ooh, Ooh. i like treats Can next you- month treat yourself <laughs> Treat yourself. Yes. The next month we are releasing three new flavors of cookie dough and we're reformulating the chocolate chip cookie dough to make it even better. Well, if you need taste testers, oh, yeah. um, I volunteer. You got it. <laughs> Samples on your way. <laughs> so I want to go through sort of the step-by-step of this because I'm just really fascinated about product development and the entrepreneur spirit and, you know, just really having to kind of bootstrap you know, and as I said, you started your company and then literally three months after launching, you mm-hmm. were on the you were on the shelves, which is is crazy to me. I just that kind of acceleration is is insane. Well, how does that scalability work? Like how do you even go from yeah. okay, I'm dropping it off to friends and family to the process of even getting it onto a retail shelf? Right. Um, not much sleep, really. <laughs> <laughs> That I understand. A, yes. No, it was um, it was a real challenge. And I, I would say that is my biggest challenge. Kind of what we talked about earlier. One is the balance and how do I balance everything? And two is scaling. You know, I know this level. I know where we're at now. But how do we get to the next level and where we want to be? Especially since we haven't done it before. So it's nothing. You know, I have no background to look into and say, how do, how do I do this? How did we do it last time? Cause we're doing everything new from scratch. So it really was, you know, a lot of long, long hours. I was working hundred to 120 hours a week, just getting very little sleep, um, and basically making it happen. I don't take no for an answer. So if it, something needs to be done, I will work it as tirelessly as I can to get it done. Um, and that's, that's what we did. Just, just keep on going until it was done. (laughs) How do you hire a team? Like, how did you find your people? Because I mean, for us, for Sam and I, a big piece of, you know, even producing this show is having people around us that can do the things that we're not good at. You know, production is, I think people just don't realize how much goes into production. How do you hire people or find people that, you know, you feel like are helping drive your company forward and like have the same vision and how did you go about that? I would say that was another one of the biggest challenges for me. Number one, it had to be people who shared the same passions. They had to see food as medicine and they had to care about that because if they don't care about that. They don't see the underlying goal of the company and what we're trying to accomplish. So that was my number one. Um, Number two was making sure it was people who were adaptable. Cause when you're scaling, you know, you can set processes for one week and then two weeks later, it has to be something completely different because you're trying to make, you know, 5,000 more units than you did two weeks previous. So you really have to be adaptable. You also have to be a problem solver. It's like a big puzzle all the time. It was, everything is a new problem. So whether that's, okay, you know, we have this equipment in this amount of time, how are we going to make 5,000 more units? And it can be the smallest difference that makes the biggest difference. So it can be moving a table, you know, six inches to the left closer to somebody that saves them 
10 steps for every batch. And when you're doing hundreds, hundreds of batches, that takes you hours and hours. And so you have just more capacity to make more product. So it had to be people who um, were willing to take on that challenge and solve problems and uh, could kind of go with the flow as we change it week after week. At what point did you stop cooking out of your kitchen? That's what I was just going to ask is when did you transition to like a commercial kitchen? Um, Basically, we had to to get on shelves at Albertsons. So when I got that call, that's when I started really making um, an effort to make the transition to a commercial kitchen. So it was pretty soon after. I was only in my kitchen for two months. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. How, yeah. <laughs> how did you go? Wait, okay. So two months. You're two months into this. And at this point, you realize you have a great product. You're starting to put this all together. How do you go from kitchen to, to real to, business? To real business. Um, a lot of experimentation. It was, you know, I walked into the kitchen, the first, the commercial kitchen for the first time. And I didn't know how to use most of the equipment. I didn't know where everything was. So it was just a lot of learning and experimenting. Um, and it's been a continual experimentation. So one of the things we like to do is when we come in until we have our process really down, we like to innovate before we even get started. So it's like, Hey guys, we have this problem what can you think of that we can try differently this week? And some things really paid off and some things didn't at all. (laughs) But we were always experimenting and trying to find new, more efficient and effective ways to do what we needed to do. What about like the business back end of like Mm. just licensing and all the things for running a commercial kitchen? Patenting. Yeah, what was that process? (laughs) So I think I had started by picking up a pamphlet by our local um, like e-commerce food business. I can't even remember who it was through. Um, And they had like a step-by-step guide. And so I just started going through the steps and researching and um, made myself a checklist and kind of a project plan. So it was like, okay, here's everything that needs to be done, the date that it needs to be done. And then I just started going down the list. How do you approach, like, how did you end up in Albertsons? How did this, was it like you literally walked into the store and asked the general manager, like, hey, I have a product and I would like to be on your shelves. Like, how do you do this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That day was actually, I can remember everything that happened. So we, I did not go into the store. Actually, they found me. So I got a call from one of the managers who had tasted our pumpkin bread at a Halloween party. And she had just found the information on Instagram and given me a call and said, Hey, we love what you do. Can you bring us in some samples? And so I did, I dropped them off at the store. Um, they fell in love with the crackers and they said, we have, I think this was in, this must've been the beginning of November. And they said, we are coming up with a new like keto set that we're putting in the store in January. Can you be ready by January? And I was like, no, but yes. (laughs) Wow. No idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to make it happen. So yeah, just a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of time on Google and reaching out to other entrepreneurs who would um, share their experience and their advice and their mishaps and um, trying to discern what I needed to do, what needed to be prioritize and then going from there. 
Okay, so typically a lot of companies end up or start with angel investing or some sort of investors. Did you have investors or did you just bootstrap it and just make that particular order happen? And then once that happened, how do you maintain it? Like how did this, you know, walk us through that process of like how you... No, we still to this day have not taken any investment. Everything has been bootstrapped. It's been self-funded. Thankfully, my husband is a saint and he's been... (laughs) He carried the team... At the beginning, financially, um, and we now are at a point where we're making money. But um, I think had I had experience in the business, and if I were to do it again, I would definitely look for investment at the beginning, and you know, start with a solid business plan and things like that. But at that point in time, I, I it's hard to say because I knew it would be successful. But I think I had planned on it taking a lot longer than it did. So I thought, oh, I have all this time to look for investors. I have the time to learn all this stuff. You know, I'll take the next couple of years and teach myself and connect and look for advice from other people before I have to put it into practice. And things just happened a whole lot faster than I had expected. A good problem to have. It is. No, it yes. really is. <laughs> What's something specific that is something you wish you had known during this process? Like what's something like two things that you wish you had known during this process? I I wish I had planned for scalability. Like I said, from the very beginning, we've a lot of the hurdles we've had to jump through has been because I hadn't initially designed the product to be scalable. It had just been what works in my kitchen and what people like you know, what's healthy, what they like to taste and eat and what works to make in this setting. So I really wish I had that kind of background and thought through that before leaping into it. Um, And the other thing, I don't know if it's something I would have wanted to know, but it would have been great to have more connections, which for me, that's what the business is all about. It's all about helping people with their health and wellness, helping them live their best life, but also connecting with not only our customers, but with other people, other entrepreneurs in the business who are, who have the same mission, who are trying to do the same thing. We want to get into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of your products, because we want to go through some of the products that you've you've developed and you keep developing. So between your crackers, your baked goods, your croutons, your cookie dough, like, can you take us through your products, your favorite ones, maybe? First, I want to know what is your favorite product? Ooh. Your, Ooh. your personal. Oh, it's like asking me to favorite child. Yeah, on the spot. Oh, I. You know what? Honestly, I would say probably at the moment it's the original crackers. I'm just. I cannot get enough. Those are the ones that we have. We've. We we literally go through a bag. Okay, but like the rosemary sitting. ones. The rosemary oh ones. my gosh. Yes. I'm obsessed. Yes. A little hummus on it, little cheese. Oh. So good. I have a rosemary Honestly, obsession, so the rosemary cracker yeah. was like made for me. Oh my god, they're so good. I can't even. I, I will take down one to two bags a day. <laughs> I did. Good to know, because we do too. <laughs> Yeah, tell us about like the the ingredients. What? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, for me, ingredients is is number one. In- ingredients is the foundation of everything. Um, it's how we fuel our bodies 
I feel like is the foundation for everything, for our health, our wellness, our energy, our drive. Yeah. So uh, ingredients for me was always key. And that was the base. After that, it had, in my opinion, (laughs) it has to taste good. You know, if you are forced to eat something, not forced, but like, you're like, okay, this is healthy. I'm going to eat it, but it doesn't taste good. You're not going to want to come back to it. And what I also found during my health journey is if I had healthy alternatives on hand, I was much less likely to go back to unhealthy options or much less likely to kind of fall off that healthy train because I had the alternatives in my pantry. So for me, then taste was, was number two. And number three was convenience. I mean, at the time I was starting a business, um, and I was a mother of two very young kids. I think when I started, my daughter was just over a year old and my son was three. So, you know, I had very little time on my hand and convenience was really important to me. Um, so that was kind of like the foundation of how we got started. And then, like I said, the, the cracker was kind of, actually, it was a request from my very best friend. She was like, I miss crunchy snacks <laughs> that are good for me. Can you make me a cracker? Um, so that's how that got started. And that is by far our most popular product. I would say it makes up probably 70% to 75% of all of our sales. Well, we see why, because they're so darn good. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> so what are your crackers made of? So it's almond flour, egg whites, um, some soluble tapioca fiber, and spices. And that's it. It's so crazy. So it, they're so clean and so good. And the other thing, too, because you and I were talking about this um, previously, Tasha, that it's the convenience factor. It's like it's such a an, a clean, easy, but really good snack. And I just feel like that's a huge thing for us nowadays, right? It's like all convenience. like everyone's on the go, go, go. We want to eat well. It's not like we don't want to, but, and we want to eat something that's good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think everybody, most people, especially the people who are listening to this podcast, like they want to be healthy, want to eat well. Um, but sometimes it's just not easy or convenient. So to have something that you can just grab and go, that is really good for you and filling. That's the other thing that's really important for me is it has to fill you up. Um, I know that there are some companies out there that don't want to fill you up. You just keep eating, but we <laughs> want you to be able to eat a whole bag and that basically, you know, be the equivalent of a meal or a meal and a half um, and, and feel your body, but not spike blood sugar level, levels, not, um, yeah, not fill your body with junk, make you feel good. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good, that's, that's a big goal to have nowadays. As far as like sourcing for ingredients, because of course, you know, the big push for organic and, you know, high quality ingredients. How do you guys go about sourcing your ingredients? Now we're, we're pretty well sourced, but basically it all kind of came in the beginning because a lot of our products use the same ingredients. But in the very beginning, I would, I spent months researching, um, again, talking to other people in the business um, and making sure that I got to know the companies and what they stood for and how they source their ingredients and how they process their ingredients and um, just ensure that it's something that I would want to put in my body that I would want to give my kids and that I was comfortable giving to our consumers. 
As far as flavors and products, are you guys planning on expanding or like how do you develop new things? Like what's your, what's the strategy on this? Basically what the way we start is by looking for some sort of a, a gap in the market, looking for a problem to solve for our, our people and our target audience. So, you know, what are they, what are they looking for? What are they missing in their lives? What conventional food would they like to see a healthier version of? Um, and that's where we start. And then we look at whether it's something that's feasible. Can, can it be done? <laughs> and then we look at this now, now knowing what I know now, we look at the scalability of it and just make sure that it's something that we're going to be able to scale and grow with. Um, and then the last thing we look at it is at our competitors and we look it to see if there are companies that are better or more well-known, I guess I would say more well-known or who have been around longer than us who are doing the same thing. And is it worth our time and investment and all of our resources to put into it um, to be able to grow it? How long does it take to kind of create a new product from like conception of idea to actually like hitting the shelves? At this scale, probably about a year. Wow. Oh my God. Really? Mm -hmm. it, it, new flavors is something different because um, we already have the base and we just, you know, expand our flavor profile. Something we've done that's been really successful is we like to do limited releases with our new flavors to see how well they do. And if they do really well and people love them and keep asking for us to <laughs> bring them back, then it's something that we look into expanding. It's like the pumpkin on spiced scale. on a holiday. Everybody has to do a pumpkin, pumpkin spice something. Exactly. Yeah. So we did that with our banana bread. We also did that um, most recently with our peanut butter cup cookie dough. And people went crazy for it. I get emails on the daily asking me to let people know when they're back in stock. <laughs> What is the ingredients in your cookie dough? Because yeah. looking at the picture, I'm like, they I, look the cookie look dough so looks good. so good. I know it's super clean as well. It's I mean, surprisingly, it's uh, minimal ingredients. So we always start with almond flour. A couple of our newer flavors of cookie dough that'll be coming out have a little bit of coconut flour, and then it's mainly butter. We use a monk fruit sweetener, salt, vanilla. And that, that's pretty much it. That's our base ingredients. And then it just depends on the flavor. Um, our chocolate chip obviously has chocolate chips. A couple new flavors we are coming out with have, you know, pure extracts or different um, pure flavors. We don't use any quote unquote natural flavors. We use the real, real deal. Oh, the real ingredient. What's the difference? Can you explain the difference between those for consumers who may not know? Natural flavors can be anything and it can be completely natural or it can be made up of partially artificial ingredients and it depends on how partial. So it depends on like the parts per million um, and there are certain FDA guidelines, but essentially it is instead of listing out every single ingredient, they can just combine a bunch of things together and call it natural flavors. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything in it is natural. Yeah, I don't think people realize how much misleading things, labels can be 
based on just the regulations because organic doesn't necessarily even mean that you don't use pesticides. It just means certain ones aren't used. These are things I learned being a farmer's daughter. Yeah. 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 100%. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that I don't think there should be conventional and organic. I don't think pesticides and chemicals should be used in our food at all. Um, but that, you know, that's a topic for another day. (laughs) That's a whole nother line. (laughs) I'm curious about this because, okay, so your your products are clean ingredients, keto, gluten-free, grain-free, low-carb, paleo-based. So what made you decide to go into this realm of when you're producing products? Like what made you decide to go this way with your products? That's where it comes down to my firsthand experience of changing the way I eat and completely changing my life. Um, and this is the path that I went, it worked really well for me personally. And so that's where I dug into the research, looking at kind of look, I mean, you guys can talk more to the human anatomy side, but based on my research, I found that we thrive really well when we eat a diet based lower in carbs, really focusing on whole food ingredients, um, and cutting out all the junk. And so that's the path I started to take. And it's like I said, it completely changed my life. My energy went through the roof. I was, you know, a a mom of two young kids by like six o'clock, I was ready for bed, laying on the couch. I didn't have the energy to get up and play with my son. Um, Mental fog. I (laughs) couldn't remember anything. My memory was terrible. Um, And I just felt like I was just in this fog all the time. I didn't feel like I was processing things to the best of my ability. Um, Yeah, I was overweight and I was always blaming myself, thinking it was my willpower. Um, And I headed down this path of eating, cutting out the carbs, cutting out the unnecessary sugars and the processed flours and all of that. And it changed everything. I had energy again. my brain cleared up that fog just kind of lifted. I, you know, lost a lot of weight. I lost about 60 pounds when I started eating this way. Um, and it was no longer about willpower. I, I didn't feel these cravings anymore. I didn't crave the, the donuts or the cake anymore. Um, I felt like I was really satisfied with what I was eating. So that's really what took me down the path is it completely changed my life. And I didn't know how good I could feel until I felt that way. That really is true, though. You don't know how bad you actually felt until you finally yeah. feel good. And I've like yes. gone through that myself with like, even just I've been like dealing with anemia this year. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that oh. I felt like absolute shit <laughs> until <Right>? I actually <laughs> wasn't like until my iron levels were back up and my hemoglobin was back up. And I was like, wow. I can't believe I was walking around feeling like that this right? whole last year. Like- I just accepted it as normal. And mm-hmm. that is so not normal. And even before that, like, I actually did keto to lose weight as well. Um, like, oh, yeah, four but, years ago? Yeah, I don't even longer, know. Five mm. years ago. Maybe. I don't even know what year. What year is it right now? 2021? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even count last Mental year. Fog. I'm like, I don't even know when it is. We're in a time warp. I, like, <laughs> still want to write two, 2019 on things because to me, I'm like 2020 (laughs) didn't happen, but I'm, I loved when I did keto 
and I, same thing, I never felt like it was a diet. And I'm really not big into like the diet industry or diet culture because I feel like with an eating disorder history, that can be such a slippery slope. But that's the one thing I loved about keto was I never felt like I denied myself like anything. And I always felt full and I didn't like get hangry whenever I did like other low carb things because I've done every little like fad diet there was in the books. I'd always get this like hangriness and just like being irritable Mm -hmm. and grumpy and tired and blah when I did keto I was like eating good food and always felt full and I kind of just stopped eating when I was full and I didn't feel the need to like or like I didn't feel like I wanted to go off the rails and like binge on all this like other crap like I just always felt good so I wish I had your product lines back in what 2017 I know know, (laughs) that would have been like right up my alley how do you incorporate it for your kids and your husband like what things are you substituting like are are they on board with this like as you're changing things I'm really passionate about starting kids out with good nutrition and feeding them whole foods. So for me, that's extremely, extremely important. Um, Baby food and I line spend coming? A lot of, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's the funny thing is that's how this all, the very first idea I had was to make a line of baby food because before my kids were born, I thought baby food was stuff in the jars on the shelves yeah i, had, yeah, every, I don't yeah. know why that is like, baby food right but, 90s kids uh-huh. that's what we 80s 90s yeah. that's what we, we grew yeah, up on that. that's what we grew up yes. on yeah somebody gave me a baby food cookbook and it was like mind blown i was like you can make your own baby food <laughs> it is it's interesting though because you know the baby food on the shelves mm-hmm. the amount of sugar oh my gosh it's so processed yeah yeah and the process the way they process it and heat treat it is because it has to be shelf stable, so much right? of the nutrients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically depletes it of all the nutrients that you're supposed to be giving them. So it's like, yeah, it's fruits and vegetables, but it has none of the micro nutrients that it's supposed to have in it. Yeah. Your green beans just become like a little sugar soup at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sugar pudding. <laughs> So when you were thinking of this idea, did the baby food, did it not come to fruition or what was the reason that that didn't go through? So um, there was a lot of barriers to entry and I just felt like there was a bigger market and I could do more with the keto line than do. I mean, I, we could still do kids foods at some point or baby foods at some point, but I just felt like it opened up a whole lot bigger, uh, a whole lot more opportunities for us. To go that you guys direction. are still such a relatively new right. company. Like you mm-hmm. have so much growth potential in the yeah. future. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just yeah. getting started still. Like even though exactly. you're so successful, like <laughs> sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, for me, the kids' nutrition is extremely, extremely important. And some people think I'm a little bit, a little bit crazy um, because you know the things I won't allow. But it just is, it's so important for me to start them off on a right foot so that they don't have any of the health issues. I mean, not that they won't have any, but so I can reduce the likelihood of them facing some of these health issues that, you know, is so common these days, diabetes and autoimmune diseases and, oh goodness, the list goes on and on. Yeah. You have a lot of uh, products to start creating for the, for everybody. Tori's like, Jacob wants kids. Yeah. So if you I could know. just time that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 
let's let's time it. We'll put it on yeah, the calendar. I'll just eat your entire <laughs> line for my for everything. Um, I'm curious about this. So where as far as expansions right now, because you guys are on the shelves at Albertsons, where else are you guys um, distributing? We work with a number of like smaller independent markets, which I love as well. I love to support other small businesses. Um, everything can be found on our website, realfatfoods.com as far as like the outlets that we're in. Um, but we also, our main sales is through our website at this point in time. And we ship nationwide to all 50 states. Um, so yeah, that's where the main, main portion of our sales is right now. We are dabbling a little bit in Amazon. Um, so we're going to look for some, some announcements on, on that coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. Number one question that we get, how do you land your dream job? Well, first things first, you guys, dial in that resume. Are you ready for an easy to fill in the blank solution for your resume and cover letter that will help you actually stand out in your job search? A resume is a chance for you to show off and we want to make sure you look good. Yes, and we don't have time to fiddle around with writing resumes and cover letters when there are exams to be taken, lives to be saved, money to be made. Am I right? Girl, you are right. Mm. So you guys head over to spruce up your resume today. Head over to theresumerx.com forward slash shop and use code selfie for 20% off your templates and courses as well. Head over to theresumerx.com forward slash shop. Use code selfie for 20% off your order. All right, you guys, let's hop back into the show. So I'm really curious, um, just for a selfish, I'm, this is a selfish question. Um, so, you know, entrepreneurship is such, I just think it's such a unique and really awesome. I, I just really love the qualities of entrepreneurs. I, I love hearing stories where do you think this, do you think that this spark in you, like, do you think that was always in you to do something like this? Yes, I do. And for me, I think it all comes from my love to learn. I love to learn new things. I'm, I call myself just a nutrition nerd. I'm always, I've got my head in a book, listening to podcasts, um, like I said, part of my learning is connecting with other entrepreneurs, um, people who share the same passion. So for me, it all came from my, my love to learn new things. And then I like to challenge myself. I've always been really goal driven, even, you know, back to when I was in high school, it would, it would be, um, you know, okay. So I ran a mile today, tomorrow, I'm going to run a mile and a half. So I always like to continue to push myself forward and take on new challenges. Um, and I really like to experiment. And for me, I think the entrepreneurial journey is just one giant experiment. I don't think that there's failures and successes. I see it as just lessons learned. So if we, you know, we make a new product and it completely bombs with all of our taste testers, I don't see that as a failure. I just see it as um, lesson learned and let's revamp and come back at it. So I think that's really at the core of what led me to become an entrepreneur and and keep going through through the the ups and the downs there's definitely peaks and valleys in this business it's it is not for the faint of heart um 
I tell people all the time, I'm like, had I known what I was getting into, I don't know if I would be here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sam and I feel the same yeah. way about this podcast. Right? It's a <laughs> like, wild journey. It's a wild journey. I mean, and people don't realize, you know, in a very different way. I just think when you're, when you, you have to be so self-motivated. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to wake up and be like, yeah. especially when you're kind of your own boss. It's like, you're there's no one that you have to answer to except yourself. Yeah. There's no one telling exactly. you you have this deadline or it's not like your paycheck depends on not getting fired because you have your job to do. It's like if you're not self-motivated, it's not going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there are, there are days when it, it it's so hard and you have to be the one to pick yourself back up and be like, nope, we're going to keep going. We're not going to quit. We're going to, you know, attack it from a different angle. Um, and, and it is really challenging. So I think that it's, it's that like that challenge and the, you know, love of learning and the experiment that really keeps pushing me forward. And how much has having like partner support been like integral to your business's success? Oh, so important. Um, like I said, my husband's, oh, he's a saint <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's always, you know, he's there to listen when, Oh, when I've had a really tough day and, you know, hold me when I'm crying and then encourage me when things are going really well and celebrate my successes. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's extremely important. And if you don't have the support of your partner, I think it would be really difficult to continue on this kind of journey. Well, Jacob's not even my husband. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we could do this podcast without him because yeah, it's nice to have he, that. like keeps us together because Tori and I have a habit of like spinning. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, you two stop. He's like, how are you guys the same human but so different? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. At the same time, I don't even think I could do this podcast or something at this level that Tori and I have taken this to without a partner like Tori, because I don't know anyone as motivated as her that is going to keep that show up every single week with the same level of intensity and drive. And I think that has been the best thing for us is finding a partner or someone that matches that level of yeah. like intensity because... That is not easy to find. Yeah, I was going to, that's no. kind of what I was alluding to, to you for Tasha as well is like finding the team. Cause I know, as Sam mm. said, like it is, it's very helpful when you have a duo. And I was, you know, curious, like, is there anyone, yeah. do you feel like that you lean on more, I guess, specifically for that kind of motivation or someone that has really helped you through this? Yeah. Well, it, that's it. As far as that goes, it is a whole team effort. I have an amazing team by my side here, you know, at the office, but I also have an amazing tribe of other entrepreneurs in this business. Um, people who I see as mentors and advisors and people who I can lean on for help and advice and support and, um, the same kind of thing, people who are going to pick me up when I need to be picked up, who are going to tell me to <laughs> get my head back in the game when I need that and who are going to, you know, celebrate the successes when we have those. I'm really curious about this. Also, another selfish question. I just have a lot of those today. <laughs> um, so as a your CEO, your founder, your mom, your wife, how do you do this all? It's, it's mind boggling because I cannot imagine adding in the whole factor of children into this equation you know I really take care of myself yeah yeah (laughs) some days I feel the same 
No, I, you know, honestly, I would say the, the quote unquote balance is still a work in progress. And I don't know that it's ever going to be like, I'm ever going to feel like I've achieved balance, but for me, it's to continue to do the things that I know keep me going and keep me healthy and keep me sane. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, it's prioritizing. That's what I've had to learn the most is that, you know, I may have 160 things that I need to get done today, but I have to start with the priorities. And for me, health is number one. So it's making sure I'm eating good food, that I'm exercising, that I'm meditating, that I'm spending time being completely present with my kids. And then after that, I put work priorities. Tori, have you noticed that all of our entrepreneur guests that operate at this like high level all meditate? Yes. That's a th- like you it's, just mentioned meditation. And seriously, it's like all of that's like just a common theme I've noticed of all our guests that have started their own business or are entrepreneurs or doing these amazing things. That seems to be the one thing they all have in common. It's been a game changer for me. It's you know, number one, I find, and I, you know, I have periods where I step back from it or, you know, I'm, Oh, I'm too busy today. I'm not going to take the 30 minutes to sit down and meditate. And I can tell the difference in how I approach things in my problem solving skills, in my ability to just remain calm and work through things, um, in my, my attitude in how I interact with my team, Um, so for me, that is a non-starter. I have to meditate twice a day. Otherwise I see myself start to go off the rails. Do you do a guided meditation or do you use an app? I do. Well, I do Ziva. Have you heard of Ziva meditation? No. Um, yeah. I'm always looking for new like resources. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it a website or an app? She, she runs a website. It's been amazing for me. Basically like you have, I think it's, 14 days where she kind of tries to teach you how to meditate on your own, but guides you through it. And then the goal is for you to be able then to take those tips and do it on your own. So um, we have, I would say, a pretty young um, female audience, but some may have kids. And I'm just curious from your standpoint of tackling this issue, because I think so many moms go through this and that being the feeling of mom guilt how do you do you struggle through that and like how do you if you do what do you do to overcome that that is by far the biggest struggle that I have because if I didn't have kids I would be doing this business probably 24 7 and I would be working so it's forcing myself to really take a break and turn everything off and being completely present with them but I still have the guilt all the time yeah I mean I would imagine because you know I mean here's the thing is there's so many women who are you know we've had on a lot of entrepreneurs here and I think you know so many women are taking on these amazing things and that's one consistent thing you hear you know is like you can Mm -hmm. be so good as an entrepreneur and then you still struggle with that really strong side of you of the mom guilt and I'm like it's Mm -hmm. so crazy to me that that you know I, I think it's so great to have tactics and to have pieces of little wisdom from someone who you're doing so many things and no one is above that. Like everyone goes through that, especially someone who's so driven and wants to do so many things. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, it's just being gentle with myself. (laughs) I'm my biggest, 
I'm my harshest critic. So, you know, I just have to remember that I give them all the love and all the attention that I can and everything that I'm doing is enough. I think is, is, is the biggest thing for me. One thing that I've found that really works for me is I have special times with them where I put my phone away and it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter. You know, the world could be falling down around me and I don't answer my phone. I don't look at emails, things like that. Um, and I really just focus and be present with them. So for me, that's, you know, early in the morning when they wake up and then, you know, between dinner time and when we go to bed. I love that. I'm going to be calling you one day. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tasha. Like, sorry, I can't talk, guys. <laughs> I'm like, help me. What am I, what am I, how do I do this? No, I love it. So if you could give any advice to people that are, have a business idea, yeah. entrepreneurs that want to start their own business journey, what would you tell them? So much. They, you know, if anybody wants to have a call, I'm more than happy to, to pass on all the wisdom and advice that people have passed down to me. But I would say, number one, make sure that you're passionate about it. When we were talking about that self-drive, like that comes from my passion to help people live healthier lives. And if I didn't have that, I don't think I would be able to get through some of the hard times. So I would say, make sure you are 100% passionate about what you're doing to help drive that business forward. I would say, follow your gut. I think there's one of the great, you know, the, it's, there are things that are difficult coming into a new business where I didn't have any experience or connections or information at all. I was starting from scratch. It's like starting 20 new jobs all at the same time where you have to figure things out from scratch all by yourself. But I would say the benefit to that is that I didn't have anything telling me this is the way it had to be done so I could do it my own way. I could do it differently. And I was able to follow my gut because I didn't have any other experience. So I would say, you know, listen to yourself, follow your gut and don't let other people detour you from that. I, I think that's a big common theme here for Sam and I is just, you know, just Put your blinders on, like do your own yes. thing and don't let anyone tell you how to either live your life or the decisions or their pre, you know, conceived notions of how things should be done. I just, I don't believe in that at all. Well, don't I agree. be someone else, yeah. be the best you. Mm -hmm. Like if someone else is already doing their thing, they're yeah. already doing their thing. Right. Do your thing the way that you yeah. want to be represented. Yeah. Yeah. Be the, just continue to work to be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. I agree. What do you eat in a day? What is What is your breakfast? What do you eat for uh, breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't usually eat breakfast. I used to be a big breakfast person. My breakfast is my kind of my, my version of bulletproof coffee. Ooh. So I basically have coffee loaded up with lots and lots of healthy fats. And that pretty much gets me through until early afternoon even sometimes even late afternoon. And then I'll have like a late lunch or an early dinner. And sometimes I may eat a little bit later with the kids, but usually it's one to two meals a day. Do you eat a lot of your products? All of your I products? do. I eat a lot of crackers. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, the, the breads and the cookie doughs are like a sweet 
treat. And I don't think you need a whole lot, to be honest. So I'll cut off like a slice of bread and smother some butter on it or, you know, a couple bites of cookie dough and that tides me over. But I eat a lot of crackers. So good. What do you put on them? My favorite at the moment is tuna salad. Ooh. Tuna salad with the pepper crackers is like, Ooh. oh, so good. I will take down a whole packet of tuna and a whole pack of crackers. <laughs> I just did a little mini charcuterie board with some, I did some hummus and I did cucumber and your your rosemary crackers literally yeah, the to die for. Ca- crackers with the cheese board is oh, next level. It is so good. And that's so good. from an Italian who has very high charcuterie board standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel honored. <laughs> Can you leave our audience with a good a resource, a podcast, a Netflix that has brought you some value? So there's a couple podcasts I like. Um, do you guys know Dr. Ruscio? No. no. You should though. He has he focuses a lot on gut health. Ooh. And he has a podcast called Health Nutrition and Functional Medicine, I believe. We need to get him on here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's phenomenal. Um, I I have his book. I take his probiotics. I <laughs> listen to his podcast. So yeah, I really like everything that he's all about. Um, there's a book I'm reading at the moment called Eat Smarter. I think it's by Sean Stevenson. And I really like that. Dr. Merkula, Merkula, I think is how you say it. He, you know, he has books and podcasts and all the things. So I subscribe to a lot of his stuff as well. Is there one last tip you can leave for our audience before we um, head out? Anything that you think that they can take away? I would just say eat real food. <laughs> That's kind of my Boom. motto. <laughs> mic drop, mic drop. <laughs> eat real fat foods. Real fat foods. <laughs> Whatever it is, just make your, it's like, you know, real whole food ingredients and um, yeah. Yeah, that would be my number one tip. Where can everyone find you? Good question. So our our website is realfatfoods.com on all the social medias on Instagram, on Twitter, on on TikTok, on Facebook, we're at Real Fat Foods. And then I am on Instagram at Real Fat Foods Founder. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Tasha. And for making such delicious food. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been amazing. Yeah, this was so much fun. We really appreciate your time because we know how busy you are. So we just want to say thank you very much. And we absolutely love your products. We just can't speak highly enough about them. So we will be definitely sharing that with our selfie listeners. Thank you guys so much. No, I'm I'm truly honored to be on the podcast. You guys are inspiration and go-getters you have so much going on as well and i just i love everything you stand for thank you tasha thank you you so much tasha for coming on today we had so much fun getting into it with her i just think that bringing on brands and businesses that not only we can support that help our lifestyle and featuring ceos and founders is just such a fun part of the show i just think it's interesting to see how someone grew such a business when they have kids and married life and just that balance is always so fascinating to me yeah and of course you guys guess what we have a special offer for all of the selfie listeners if you head over to realfatfoods.com and use promo code selfie you're going to receive 10 percent off of your order and tori and i just placed an order (sighs) so honestly 
If you're doing any sort of charcuterie cheese board situation mm. coming up, you want these crackers on there. A little hummus. And yes. A little cheese. Mm. Maybe a side Say of salami. Less. Keep talk talk dirty to me. Some olives. Okay. Some grapes. I like where you're headed. Mm. Yes. And then the little cookie dough bombs. If you just need like a little oh, treat before bed. A little sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Perfect. And you're not going to feel guilty. The ingredients are so clean. I can't get over this. Yeah. All right, you guys, make sure you are following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You guys can check out the link in our bio. We have all of the discounts, including the one for real fat food. So check that out. And you can find our merch on there. And make sure, again, you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Yes. And we will send over a swag bag for you guys full of stickers, our pins, all of our fun things just for you. And make sure you're following us on our Instas. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And we will see See you you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye.